This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. And don't forget, we have an abbreviated show today. It ends at 11.30, but I saved the best for last. And we're thrilled to have Joseph Marini, who's an event designer, a home economics expert, and the author of a great book, Mastering the Art of Entertaining. And since three years is right around the corner, um, he talks about a lot of things. But today we're going to hone in on talking on hosting a New Year's Eve party. Thank you for coming on, Joseph. I love what you do. I love what you write. And I love home. I don't love New Year's Eve. Either. I think it's great at home. Okay? Exactly. You, you always had a flair for this from when you were little. How did you get into this whole business? I did. Ever since I was a little kid, I always loved to help my mother entertain. And she mostly entertained for almost all major holidays for our whole family. So it was usually a big deal in our house. Um but I actually uh, started a trajectory of going to school for accounting um, when I was young and realized after working for uh, a caterer that my passion was really food, but more than food, it was really um, entertaining people. And so I ended up going to culinary school and started my own business doing uh, catering and event design. I love it because I love what you say that our homes, you know, are our pulse, you know, and I'm in the real estate business and I am so particular about my home because it's me. And, That's right. you know, you, you say that they reflect who we are and they do. And they're the center of our lives. I mean, there's no place like home for the Wizard of Oz. And, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the is more than you write. And I really think this is so true because I'm the oldest of three children. My mom died when I was 10. So if I didn't do the holidays, we wouldn't have had any. So I'm mm-hmm. used to always doing holidays, and um, it's true. It's, there's an inherent an opening in our home and inviting people to see how we live, and it's um, reflects who we are. So you talk yeah. about that, and you also talk about recipes. So let's start with what's coming up. Uh, I, let's talk about New Year's Eve, which truthfully... I hate going out on New Year's Eve. Usually it's a blanket menu, and I think New Year's Eve at home is so, so much better. It's uh, fantastic. And it yeah, is. Do you, does it matter what size home you have? That's the first key, because I have questions, and people say, well, what if I have a small apartment? Sure. It, it really doesn't. I mean, I think, you know, you have to think about logistically um, what, you, what you do ha- have, how much space you do have, how much workspace you also have, um, in a kitchen area. And if you don't have a huge space, you know, you can make it a smaller party. Um, you can find creative ways to serve food in different parts of, um, say, a living room or a dining room, or maybe if you have a terrace, even out on a terrace. Um, it You don't have to host huge parties. I mean, we've, you know, even in our size house that we live in, we've had four people for New Year's Eve um, one time. So it's really just about 
bringing people into your home and really showing them who you are and, and being authentic and, and opening yourself up that they really get the sense that you want to spend the quality time with them rather than uh, put on a show for them. So let's start with if you were going to host a New Year's Eve party. And again, I'm sure it depends on how large your apartment is, but who should be invited? You know, it's, first of all, you, you really want to make sure whoever it is that you're inviting has the ability to be able to come to the event that you're hosting. So say, for instance, New Year's Eve, it's a really difficult time for people to travel at that time. So usually your primary guest list should involve people that are close by you, good friends, family, um, and then you can sort of build your guest list beyond that for people, maybe if they live a little bit of a distance and they have the ability to travel and they want to, then add those people in. But you really should have a core base of people that you know are going to be able to come because it is a difficult um, holiday for people to travel at. And the other thing I really encourage people to do is always invite one or two new people to a party to get to know somebody and add a new person into the mix, whether it's a friend of somebody that you're inviting or whether it's somebody that you met somewhere else at another group or out in public and you just want to get to know them better and maybe introduce them to some of your friends. I think that's a great idea. I just did that on Christmas Eve. I had somebody that nobody knew, but they were alone. And I mm-hmm. really feel, not, not, maybe not as much on New Year's, but Especially Christmas Eve, I feel like if you're alone, I don't want anyone to be have to be alone unless that's what they choose. Okay, so right. I had a, and it, it breaks it up a little bit, you know. So yeah. I think that's a great, yeah. great idea. So now, if, it, if we're talking New Year's Eve, and it's coming right up to, I can't even believe it. Like now, what a good time to start. That's always an issue, okay, or always a question. <laughs> even for myself, I what what time do I start? New Year's Eve party when New Year's Eve is at 12 midnight. Yeah. It's, you know, again, well, I think it goes... Yep. I think it goes back to understanding who your guest list is. Um, if you're a younger person and you and your friends really love the nightlife and you're you're okay staying up late, I think you have a, a lot more leeway of, of starting the party a little bit later so that, you know maybe a, a 10 o'clock start for the party so that you can continue to celebrate past New Year's. I, however, like that once New Year's rings off, the party's done and, you know, shortly after it wraps up because I have a lot of cleanup to do. So I'll start my parties earlier. Um, you know, three to four hours is a good time frame um, for a cocktail party. If you're doing a sit-down dinner, you might need another hour in there. Um so I, you know, I usually start my parties around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Now that, so like that would be like if you were doing a sit down dinner at seven thirty, eight, or either or. Um, if I were to do a sit down, I would probably have guests there at seven. Right, right, right. Because yeah. they'd be starving then. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, right. That, yeah, that, because that's always the question. Yeah, we. I mean, you're. You know, you'd be starting with cocktails and. The thing about the difference between a dinner party and a cocktail party is that, you know, again, you have to be considerate of people who may have difficulties traveling during the holidays. So your dinner party could end up getting delayed some if you're waiting for some people that are traveling versus a cocktail party. You can just start and they arrive when they arrive. Right. But 
Um, so I always like to start dinner parties a little bit earlier just to give a buffer. Yeah. And that's so true because, you know, my nieces and nephews still have young kids. So normally, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be Christmas Eve, I would start it like later than I do, but I make it mm-hmm. earlier because their kids still can't wait to eat and they have young kids and they get tired. Mm-hmm. So I guess you would look at the crowd that you're inviting and, and figure it out from yeah, there. I, and, and yeah, I think that I, I, I do think that that's, you know, I think that's really the basis that you have to go on is, is who, who is the guest, who are the guests that you're inviting? Um, you could also, you know, I, I have creatively done before done um, sort of an overlapping style party, which is a lot of work, but I've done an earlier party where people leave before, um, you know, before the ball drops for New Year's Eve because they do, they do have children and they do want to get home and, and they probably want to put the kids to bed and just be relaxing themselves. So I'll do an early, very light cocktail party and then start with a later party after that. If I, if I have like those two distinct crowds that I just can't bring together, um, I have done two separate parties. Uh, when I was little, I, I remember my mom's uh, family, they would always have these, but they didn't care about us. I mean, they cared about us. You know, we stayed up, but so everyone's different. And a lot of the kids that are my, my nieces, nephews, and friends that have little kids, they want them, you know, they mm-hmm. want to eat early if they're bringing them. If they're not bringing them, maybe that's different. Yeah, mm-hmm, and I, right. I, I agree with you. Once the ball drops, you know, usually would you say that's, you know, I guess there's no one rule. It depends on the crowd. But would you say that normally or like most times, you know, right after the ball drops, maybe like within the next, within the 45 minutes, an hour, people start to leave? Yeah, I would say within 30 minutes to an hour, people yeah. are usually um, shuffling out. However, if you did start a later party because it really was, you know, a champagne cocktail party right, um, right. and you, and you were anticipating it to last longer, you would really at the time of the ball drop, you would want to um, introduce something new and fresh to the party, whether it's taking around another signature cocktail or putting out a couple new dishes of food or something that signaled that, I, I don't really want you to leave and we're going to continue the party on. Um, and it gives the people the option if they want to leave, they can, or, you know, the people who stay want to stay and they do. You know, if, it's, if you're having a party, whether it's a big party, a small party, intimate, uh, which I like better on New Year's Eve or lots of people, I think it's a great night to stay at home. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you think? I mean, what's your call on that? So I, I never, you know, I usually always entertain on New Year's Eve, um, and it has varied from four people to over a hundred people at my house. Um, and it, it really just depends on what kind of mood I'm in and how busy I've been, you know, through the holiday season. But, um, I think one of my favorite things to do is to do, um, TV dinner trays, um, around a movie and set up the living room like it's a restaurant and everybody has their own little individual tables. And even, you know, I talk about it in my book that no matter what you do, make it special, make it a moment for people. Don't just, you know, throw stuff out there. But if you, you know, if I'm setting up TV trays because I want to have everybody sit around a movie and, and eat, um, I'll, I'll put white napkins over the tops of the TV trays and I'll roll up silverware in, you know, white linen napkins and I'll make it very special. Oh, wow. So they don't, so they don't just think that they're coming and they're getting, you know, we're sitting at 
you know, TV dinner trays in front of a TV. So you still have to make a moment of it. And that's where the creativity comes in. Um, but you really want your guests to feel special, no matter what it is that you're doing. It could be the simplest thing or it could be the most elaborate thing. But it's most important that they really feel special and feel thought about that you took the time to do it for them. Tell us about your book. Yeah, so the title is called Mastering the Art of Entertaining. And it's always been a dream of mine to write it because um, in so many years of catering and event design, um, I had seen so many people um, feel like they struggle with putting on parties and the pressure that they have and they don't know what to do or where to start and it's so much work. And I just never found it to be that way. I always found entertaining to be a joy. And I always thought that maybe they, they're just putting the cart before the horse and that they're seeing the end production almost like if they were go, to go to a, a big event and, and see it all put together. And they just can't break down the beginning of it into smaller steps. And so I really wanted to write the book to inspire people to start taking the steps and, and train yourself to be able to be, um, to entertain. And I think anybody can put food out on a kitchen counter and invite people over, but you really have to develop a skill of being a good host. So it's learning about what some basic etiquette is and it's learning about, it's also learning about how to be a good guest as well. Um, because there's a, I have a whole chapter in there that talks about how to be a good guest. Um, because really? How you, how, yeah, how you act at somebody's party really is a reflection of what you think the host spent their time doing. So what you feed back to them at a party really does give back the feedback of if you appreciate all the time and energy that they took preparing all of this and inviting you into their home and into their life to share it with you. So, um, but it's really, you know, entertaining can be as simple or as difficult as you want to make it, but you've got to start somewhere. And I kind of break it down about, you know, how I've developed what I call my prop closet and how I started um, accumulating and collecting things, whether it's from things that were my grandmother's or from flea markets or from estate sales um, and how to, you know, how to pick and choose platters and how to store them. And then, you know, how do you handle a room full of people? I mean, I give lots of tips in the book about um, how do you scan a room and work a room and keep it flowing and have your eye out on any potential, you know, mishaps that might be happening. Or there's, it's just got so many good, so much good um, information in it for somebody starting to um, venture into the world of entertaining. You, you, in your book, you talk about how to be a good hostess or host. To, I do. Yeah, I give I give a lot of pointers and a lot of tips about um, about being a good host because, again, it, it sort of goes back to um, it doesn't ever need to really be perfect. I think people get perfection in their brain and that's what they have to you know strive for. It never has to be perfect. It just should be thoughtful. Everything you do should be thought well thought out so that people notice it. It doesn't need to be extravagant or a giant show, but you know, if you're not somebody who cooks and you want to order in food, take it out of the, the tin foil chafing dishes that the restaurant might bring it to your house in right. and put it and put it in your platters and serve it, you know, in your own serviceware. So it, it, it just, 
you know, that's the mark of a good host is they take the time, even though they don't cook, to finish the last step so that when they present it to their guests, it makes it that impression to their guests that they're not just eating out of aluminum pans, but they're they're serving themselves out of this beautiful dishware. I'm listening to you and I'm cringing because you're so right. However, I didn't do that this year. I was and I just because people came at various times and then I was afraid the food was gonna be cold. And you know, I'm think I'm while you're speaking, I'm really hearing everything you're saying and gosh I mean, I'm definitely getting the book, but I mean, there's just so much, just those are little touches. That really, when I think about it, that makes such a difference. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it. And I, and I had it, and it makes it a lot more personal. It makes a person feel, right, really welcome. Not that you're just, you know, putting things in a, in, 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 you know, with, with a burner on and just people serve themselves. And that's really a great idea. But what happens about now, like if they, if you have a lot of people, I guess if they all come at the same time, with, you know, to keep everything warm. Yeah. So, um, again, this, this goes back to being a really good host, which is if you know what your menu is and you, you take an inventory of what you have in your kitchen to, to use for keeping food warm, um, before you even get the food, plan out the options of menu items that you can have. So if you have, you know, 40 people coming and they're going to show up all at once and you have one little oven and you've got 40 dishes that all need to go in that oven, that's probably not the best thought out menu. It's just going to stress you out. So maybe, maybe if you, if you don't have a lot of oven space or a lot of cooktop space, maybe most of your dishes are served at room temperature and maybe one special, if it's a ham or a standing roast or something, maybe it's that one piece that comes out of the oven that's sort of the showstopper. Um, And just that, that's just that simplicity is what people notice, right? They'll, they'll notice that, one element that was like, oh, wow, versus 40 things trying to come out of this little oven that it just doesn't work and then everything is cold. No, I I absolutely hear you. And I think um, a lot of people just don't know, but those little touches would make make such a difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, What a great idea. And then you don't have to be, you know, sometimes I'll get well, you know, I just am a regular guy, you know, and I, these are just my friends, and they're just no big deal. My my family, you know, meaning that they're comfortable enough that whatever happens, happens. But yeah, I think yeah. what you're saying really puts a really lot of specialness and makes people really feel like what you're saying is that you're just not doing it to have people over, that it's part of you. And I... Right. And, 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 and yeah, and is there a certain... Um, do you do, do you know? Do you ask people to dress a certain way, or do you just doesn't matter what they wear, or any of those kind of things? Or is it? Um, or do you have a theme? I, you know, this I, is New Year's I think de- Yeah, I think it depends on again on the type of party and the guests that you are um, inviting. Usually, I I'm the type of person that I tend to always send out invitations for a party. I rarely do it via email or text. Um, I'm just oh, old nice. fashioned in that. I like I like people. It's like a gift to get an invitation in the mail. Oh, it is. Um, 
And and even if you do sort of, you know, the, the email type of Evite invitations where they're they're so nice now where they, you know, they simulate opening themselves up. And I just always right. like my guests to receive something like that. And I think that's the opportunity that you have to put a little note on the invitation of how to dress, whether it's casual, come as you are, if it's themed, if it's black tie, you know, that's 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 usually how you would take care of it in a very easy fashion versus, you know, having to call people and email them and, and say it, you know, 30, 40 times to them. Yep. And, you know, the, inter- the interesting thing to that is, again, you know, entertaining is about connecting with people. And there's, it, it, I, and I do talk about this in the book that, you know, there is the host and yes, the host is hosting the party, but as a guest, you also have your own responsibility that you should give, you should give back to the host that has invited you. And and one of those ways is writing a handwritten note after the party, you know, saying how much you enjoyed the event or whatever it is that you did enjoy about it. And we live in such a fast paced society that, I mean, we barely read emails before we close out the email or a text, but I guarantee you, almost everybody would sit down and take the time to read a handwritten note line by line, oh. and really absorb it. How do we get your book? So Amazon? Or the what? E- yep, the easiest way, it's it's available at almost every major retailer online, but Amazon um, has it, so that's probably the easiest way for people to pick it up. Yeah, and by the way, I always tell people, if you're driving and listening to the show, don't try to write anything. I post everything, and I will post all of, of Joseph's information. Um. Any New Year's resolution? Are you having a New Year's party this year? I am. Mm-hmm. Small one. Six people. Small one. And then does everyone blow horns and do the tradition and maybe make a New Year's and sing all that inside? <laughs> yes. Or is that too basic? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a pared down version this year. We just uh, moved residences in the fall. And uh, we were we spent a couple weeks in France for the holidays for Christmas. Wow. So it, it's going to be a pared down um, New Year's Eve. But nonetheless, I'm still doing one because we just it's I think it's one of my favorite times to have company over. Oh, listen, it's been so great speaking to you. And I really can't wait, really read your book. And I hope you'll come on again because this is a topic that so many people want to know about. And. The way your book and the way you talk about it, you know, a lot of people think, gee, I don't have that kind of money or I can't do that. My my sister, yeah. she's never had anybody yeah. over in like 40 years because she has, yeah. you know, an apartment in the city that's not so big. And I said yeah. to her, you know what? <clears throat> she just invited people over even if it was for something little, like not a big meal yeah. or just a drink. I said right, it would right. mean a lot to me. And hers, well, it's too small, and it's really like about 800 square feet. You could fit easily six or eight. And so I, oh, think, yeah, maybe, yeah. I think maybe people just get stuck on that, you know, and they think, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, I don't have this. And I think that, I think it's so much nicer, actually, you know, and especially New Year's Eve. I mean, I think it's nice anytime. I think it's more intimate. But I think New Year's Eve usually is a standard menu with a choice, and there's a two servings, one at seven and maybe one at ten or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm wishing you a very happy New Year's Eve. 
And thank you. I, you as well, Dottie. I hope. Thank you. You've been great. I've learned a lot. I'll be reading your book. And when the next time you come back, I'll have read it from front to back. And I hope you'll come back again. <laughs> Happy New Year's Eve. Thank oh, Happy you, New Dottie. Year's Eve. Happy pre-New Year's Eve. Okay. <laughs> exactly. You also. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for being on. You were wonderful. My pleasure. We now are going into 2024. I hope that you'll write to me, Dottie Herman, okay, radio show at DottieHerman.com, or just write to the station or email me and let me know the topics you want to hear because we're gonna, we've are gonna we given our predictions for 24, but, you know, they're just predictions. Um, and I want to wish and thank all of our listeners and tell you how much love doing the show Actually, I have a little bit of pneumonia still, and I'm doing it because I love you. I love doing the show. And thanks for being there. I love all of you. And keep those, keep those calls and letters coming. Love to hear from you. And wishing you all a safe, healthy, and happy new year. Love you all. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated.